Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friendly disclaimer time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with any of the media that we review or critique. We wholeheartedly support our fellow creatives at the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And at the end of the day, we're just really big fans. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up, fans, because today we're talking all about our favorite trio of podcasters. That's right. We're talking all things Only Murders in the Building, Season 3. And when I say we, I mean me and our lovely correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hi, how are you? I am good. I am so excited to talk about Only Murders in the Building, and I'm just ready to fangirl over this season with you. How about you? Let's do it. All right. I have initial thoughts. I have all the feelings. How about you? What are your initial thoughts on season three? Well, I mean, I I love the whole Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez trio. And I was bummed when there was a rumor going around saying that it was going to be the final season. And, you know, it was supposed to be Steve Martin's final, you know, job from acting, right? And mm-hmm. then it just, this show came around and we couldn't get enough of it. And I had no idea where they could go after season two. Like how many murders are going to be in this building? Like there just can't, <laughs> that rent better be low because if it is, would I live there if the rent was super low with a possibility that I could also be off at any moment? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. You'd, you'd take that risk? <laughs> I would take that risk for a loft apartment in New York City. Right. It looked like the Upper West Side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard to pass up on. <laughs> That's prime real estate. Yes. (laughs) I also enjoyed this season, although it was my least favorite season. I will say that much. I thought Meryl Streep stole the show. When I read that Meryl Streep was a part of the cast, I was like, oh, they've they've done it. I could not get enough of Taubert. There was not enough Taubert in this season. I could stare at Jesse Williams all day, every day. Please bring him back for season four, please. That's my small request that I'm going to put out into the universe. And I don't know. I thought... Paul Rudd played a very convincing douchesaurus. I loved him as Ant-Man. I've loved him in pretty much every role. And then here he is playing the token, not so great A-list actor that you want to like him, but then then he gives you every reason not to. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I get why you were killed. Okay. But those are my initial thoughts. The casting was stellar. And I think you have some more stellar casting for us. I do. So of course, Martin Short is back as Oliver Putnam. Steve Martin is Charles Hayden Savage. Selena Gomez is Mabel Mora. Paul Rudd is Ben Glenroy. Meryl Streep is Loretta Durkin. Jesse Williams is Taubert. Ashley Park is Kimber Min. And Michael Creighton is Howard Morris. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched season three of Only Murders in the Building, we're about to spoil it for you. All right. We've now encountered three seasons of Only Murders in the Building. Which one so far is your favorite? I'm with you on the fact that season three is not my most favorite one. So for me, I'm going to say season one is probably my favorite one. I'm right there with you. I I don't know. Season one was just nonstop laughs and... I don't know. I just feel like that was such a hard act to follow. The season one finale is forever ingrained in my brain. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disappointed with season three, 
but season one holds a very special place in my heart. Now, what was your favorite episode from this season? Oh, you know, there were a couple, but I don't know. I think episode four, The White Room is my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I just, the cut scenes of Charles when his stage fright takes over were hilarious. And I kind of want to know what really happened during the rehearsal right. when he blacked out, but also not. <laughs> like that's too traumatizing. It might be too traumatizing. Yes, that was that was a hilarious episode. But I would say the episode that I that hooked me was episode one because mm. I don't know. I it's not that I wasn't intrigued by the other ones. I was hooked after the first episode and I wanted to know. I was like, okay, we've got nine more episodes. We've got to figure out who killed Ben Glenroy. And I'm eyeing all the suspects. I'm thinking like Mabel. You know, I was like, all right, boys, let's get to it. You know, and I was ready to sign up for the season, but I don't know. It just the season in general just didn't wow me like like the past two. I have high hopes for season four, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> All right. At what point and or what episode did you figure out who the killer was? Well, it took me a while. So for a long time, I thought it was going to be Tobert. Here's this new character who is working for Ben. You find out Ben damaged his very expensive camera equipment. Like all the things are lining up, right? Mm-hmm. But then there was the scene with Loretta and Donna in the theater bathroom and Donna was sick. And as she's cleaning herself up in front of the mirror, you know, she turns to Loretta and says that, you know, she would do anything for her son. And then she puts on the red lipstick and that's when it clicked for me. And I knew that it was her, but I mean, I still had suspicions for Taubert. I had suspicions with Loretta. They kept circling back to Loretta on certain episodes and I'm like okay why aren't they done ruling out Loretta yet and I realize Oliver was like constantly like no it's not her and I'm like boy please you don't know it's not her okay come on you figured out the Donna situation before I did and I figured out it was Donna by episode nine you had put the idea that Donna was a suspect and so that that must have been episode eight because by episode nine yeah by episode nine because I wasn't fully convinced yet when they put the the pieces of paper back together from the fax machine. They MacGyvered the pieces of paper together and Mabel figured it was Donna, but I was like, she's not the only one. There, There's a reason. And I was like, oh, it was Cliff. So it was technically what, first and second degree? Like they're both charged with first and second degree murder at that point? Or they're both charged with first degree? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Figured out by episode nine, it was a mother-son duo murder and I was right there with Mabel I was like I'm not buying this I'm not buying it I need a better confession because she the willingly way that Donna just confessed I was like that's too easy we're like 10 minutes into this episode and it's the finale come on even both uh Charles and Oliver were like well that was easy (laughs) we're just not used to getting easy confessions like what 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 caught you off guard the most when Mabel cut ways with Oliver and Charles to do her own episode with Taubert and Theo. Okay. Which I love seeing Taubert and Theo help her out with her podcast. Right. That's come full circle, right? That (laughs) came full circle, but it was kind of a a sad sight to see her. She's like, I want to find Ben's killer because his work meant so much to her when she, you know, was growing up. And 
both Charles and Oliver are doing their own thing. I don't know. It was, it was that just how she uploaded behind their backs. And they didn't find out until it was airing. Like all that whole scenario threw me for a loop. Yeah. And it was a healthy reality check. Like, oh, who does she think she is uploading an episode without us? Oh yeah. She's actually really productive without you guys. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. She got the job done. That's what she did. <laughs> and call me crazy. But to see Mabel get passionate about her podcast, I was like, hmm, this is actually kind of relatable. (laughs) I was like, get it, girl. Yes, I understand how this podcast gives you purpose. I would say what caught me off guard. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Loretta to be Dickie's mom. That caught me. I was like, oh, game changer. Again, we're bringing it back to Loretta. Okay. (laughs) That was an interesting storyline that I wasn't expecting for sure. Now, serious question. What are your thoughts on season four? Because I'll tell you right now, I was super sad to see Saz Pataki go. I love the cast. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like was I disappointed when Maple left to work with Talbert and Theo? A little bit. No, I was a little disappointed. But I loved the trio mm-hmm. of Maple, Talbert, and Theo like earlier. And I was shocked at Saz's death. Yeah. Was that meant for Charles? Absolutely. Like, what did Saz have to say? Did Sass get threatening letters? Like, were they being, like, was Sass being blackmailed? Who gave the hit on Charles? Yeah. I was like, was it Joy? Like, that was my initial thought. I was like, yeah. okay. Was she trying to fight for custody over President McKinley? Like, mm-hmm. what? You know, did her fish mean that much to her? You know? <laughs> it was also, like, not my favorite. I don't know. It was just such a big focus on the musical. Yes. That it kind of deterred me away. Kind of turned me away from the show, but that's my own personal preference. Doesn't mean that it wasn't that great. <laughs> oh, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious as to what Saz has to say. And it seems like a serious conversation, which I think, like, jokingly in my mind, it's probably like, hey, maybe she was trying to fight for Joy and be like, hey, Joy really just wanted the fish back. Can, can we make some arrangements so that way you guys have 50-50 custody of President McKinley? I don't know. But... I don't know. Charles just isn't lucky in love <laughs> at all. And I, I feel like he thought Joy was flirting with him with the Scott Bakula text. And I was just like, no, bro. She, <laughs> I, I think that's probably uh, I've moved on <laughs> to bigger and better things. Scott Bakula is now my main squeeze, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good but, for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Get it, Joy. Do you have any honorable mentions? Just to Paul Rudd, because oh, that cookie scene that he had to do. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting in front of a camera with Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez sitting behind you? Mm-hmm. And you have to have this very awkward experience with a cookie. I, I can't. I'm secondhand embarrassed about it. But kudos to Paul Rudd for being able to pull that off. Right. His monologue was really good. I just thought Meryl Streep's singing was flawless per huge. And I'm putting it out there. Let's manifest that we see more Tobert in season four. That'd be great. I'll, and I would also love to see more of Theo. Yes. Too. Yes. And you know what? They've done a really good job with the ASL representation and consecutively in all three seasons. So yeah, let's keep that going strong. And now it is time for the spotlight of the week. The holiday season is approaching fast, and if you're looking to save some money on gifts for your loved ones, Timu is your one-stop shop. Once you download the Timu app with the link in our show notes, you'll get a $100 coupon bundle plus 50% off your purchase. 
discount is only available to new app users. Don't miss out on these deals this holiday season, and be sure to grab that link in our show notes. Moonlight Events is an immersive event company founded by the creators of A Court of Salt and Snow Cosplay Troupe. Their mission is to bring a touch of magic into everyday life by creating events that make you feel as though you are stepping into some of your favorite fantasy worlds. They will be hosting their first event this November. Follow them on Instagram and TikTok for all their updates. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, TaxPros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in LA. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves, including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. Founded in 2021, the Nerf Herder Co. was created as a way for people to bring their favorite fandoms into their homes and out into the world in a luxurious, chic way. The Nerf Herder Co. offers candles, wax melts, fragrance mists, and now has expanded into apparel. The Nerf Herder Co. offers a wide range of fandoms from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, books such as Akatar, and more. New releases are dropped on an almost weekly basis, and they always love to get suggestions for future releases from customers. Looking to donate some of your old books to a good home? Look no further than your local Little Free Library. Little Free Library is a nonprofit organization based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Their mission is to be a catalyst for building community, inspiring readers, and expanding book access for all through a global network of volunteer-led Little Free Libraries. For more information on Little Free Library, head on over to the link in our show notes. Connect with us on social. You can find the Fangirls Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at the Fangirls Podcast. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for a new, fun, fandom episode of the Fangirls Podcast. Looking to celebrate a loved one in a fun and unique way? We here at the Fangirls Podcast would love to help you out with a fun birthday, anniversary, or other special occasion shout-out. DM us on Instagram for all the details. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated or associated by the following. Hulu, the cast of Only Murders in the Building. Anything else we might have talked about throughout this episode. Mainly because we're just fans. Really big fans. Fans of fans. In the history of fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.